His sole desire on earth was the cross because he is pure love. As the Holy Spirit and Our Lady go healing us, part of what we know of that we are truly being healed is a desire and a love of the cross. It goes hand in hand. St. Louis de Montfort wrote, God does not take account of what you suffer, but how you suffer. To suffer much but badly is to suffer like the condemned. To suffer much with valor, but for a bad cause, is to suffer as martyrs of the devil. To suffer little or much for God is to suffer like the saints. My sisters and brothers and fathers, everyone suffers. Everyone. But very few suffer well. And even fewer suffer with Jesus. Why is suffering the treasured pearl? Because it is only through our suffering that God permits in our lives that we can come to know and touch the sufferings of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I'm going to give you some examples in a second. Saint Therese of Lisieux understood this. She writes, Suffering itself becomes the greatest of joys when we seek it as a precious treasure. Now I'm telling you these words and I know what you're all going through. The Lord taught us, The purest love on earth must be united to suffering. I came from heaven to earth to suffer in expiation for the sins of the world. This is love. Pure love gives itself solely because of love. The love of the Trinity is pure love. Therefore, the Father gives his life by giving the world his only begotten Son. I've been pondering that a lot lately. That to me is incredible as a mother. Because, you know, it's so much easier for me to give my life. But if I was asked to give the life of one of my children, that's much more. That's what God the Father does. He gives us his only begotten son to be sacrificed for us. That is the love of the Father. The Holy Spirit flows from this most pure love, thus igniting the hearts of souls to suffer with me so that they can enter in love. The cross without my sacred heart is useless suffering brought about by sin. But suffering united to my cross is new life. It is participation in the work of redemption, which is participation 
in the life of the Trinity. We can suffer a lot, but it does not mean that our suffering is redemptive. Only when we suffer with Jesus as one with him does our suffering become redemptive. And then we enter the happiness and fulfillment in our lives. Let me share an example with you. I'll share two examples to, to bring this more concrete to you. A year ago, my sister had me speak to a good friend of hers who was devastated and suffering horribly. Her husband came to her and told her he didn't love her anymore and that he wanted to leave. They had just recently adopted three children. She was, as you can imagine, in tears, devastated. And I sat there with her, looking at her. The beauty of this woman, the love of this woman, the suffering of abandonment, of rejection, was so horrible. And I thought to myself, my Lord, what can I tell her? And all I had to share with her is what the Lord has taught me and what I've been living in my own life. There was nothing else I could share. So I shared with her this. And I said to her, in that pain that was so, at the moment, real and felt by her of rejection and abandonment, I said, let's go together through different accounts of Jesus' life where Jesus also feels and, and lives horrible rejection and abandonment. So together, we went through some of the accounts in the gospel. When Jesus goes to his hometown and he can hardly perform any miracles. Have you ever pondered that? Those were his friends growing up all his life, his family, his, you know. And he can perform hardly any miracles because they didn't believe in him. Can you imagine what our blessed mother felt? We went together and we thought and we relived the betrayal of Judas. That was one of his closest friends of the core group with a kiss. Can you imagine the abandonment of the heart that has loved so perfectly? All those people he touched, he healed. And when he looks down from the cross, there's less than a handful? Have you ever, in your suffering, entered this suffering of abandonment of our Lord? I know that many have left your congregation. I know that one of your houses is suffering horribly, that out of many, only a few are left. I know you're feeling great abandonment. These are your friends, your sisters, mothers for you. In John chapter 6, our Lord had had a, a strong following. They had disciples already. And when he speaks to them the truth about the bread of life, what happens? 
they leave. They abandon him. And he watches them as you have watched them leave. Have you ever thought of what the Lord feels? And he looks at his apostles and says, are you going to leave me too? After all of that, after after they had grown, they're left again with a few, 12. You too grew greatly and you have been reduced in numbers. This is a suffering for you. But I am here to tell you that you must suffer this with Jesus. This friend of mine took these words so seriously. I have never again experienced any soul that took this so seriously as she did. What a warrior of a woman. She was so convinced of this, she took on fully the power of her suffering, of such abandonment, and united it completely to the sufferings of Jesus and how he continues to be abandoned. Do you realize what the Lord feels when his beloved sons, his priests, leave him? That tears at his heart. And this woman, what happens is, when we unite our suffering to the suffering of Jesus, we receive the power of his love. She became convinced that she was going to persevere in suffering with Jesus for her husband. Now, of course, what did he want? He wanted her to do the opposite. That's what Satan wants. He wanted her to get angry and say, that's it, leave, no more, because then he would be justified in his leaving. But she chose to suffer with Jesus and in the love of the power of the cross, love him in spite of what he was doing to her. And she continued month after month after month choosing to love him every time he continued to reject her. She had a core of sisters praying for her. One of them was my sister. All of us began praying for her. That community life strengthened her. In this case, God did something amazing. He healed her husband. They are together now, and they're doing really well. Now, that's not always the case, but it was in this case. It was amazing. She could never, ever come to experience the abandonment and rejection and suffering of our Lord's heart if she herself wasn't feeling it. You see, none of us, all of us have suffered at some point in our life Rejection. Rejection is a very difficult suffering. But we can never come to touch and know Jesus' rejection if we don't experience rejection ourselves. You see? 
It is the means that the Holy Spirit moves us out of our suffering to touch the suffering of the Lord. What happens is whenever we suffer, our human tendency is to become self-absorbed in our suffering. When we become self-absorbed in our suffering, Satan comes. And what begins, whether we like it or not, it always happens. Resentment, division, hatred, all kinds of things come when we are self-absorbed in our suffering. But through the power of Christ, the, the cross, when we bring our suffering to touch his, and the Holy Spirit moves us out of our self-centeredness to focus on Jesus' suffering, we receive the grace of him. It's like St. Thomas that touches the wounds of Jesus. It is a grace of his power and love that comes to us so that now that wound of rejection we have, no longer Satan can use to bring us into all kinds of bad things. Now that wound that we allow to touch the wound of Jesus gives us the power to love. And those that are rejecting us, like this woman I just showed you, is able to choose in the love of Jesus, in his power, to love those most difficult to love. We can never do this on our own. Our human hearts do not have that capacity. But the sacred heart of Jesus does. This is the power of suffering with him. I'll give you another example because the Lord has taught us to be true victims of love in our community, that we must suffer everything with him. So to me, when one of our sisters in our community shared this, I was so amazed. This is a mother with many children, and she was feeding one of her little ones one day. And this little one did not want the food. So every time she tried to feed him, he spit it out. He hid it. She said there was a mess. And she was getting really frustrated and angry. She had been learning this. So immediately she prayed to the Holy Spirit, help me. And to me, the Holy Spirit did the most incredible thing with her. All of a sudden, she got this grace from God to understand and make a correlation with the Eucharist, that just as her little one was rejecting the food that she was trying to give him, that is what many do with the Eucharist. The Eucharist is available to us every day. How many Catholics want this food every day? How many reject and don't even want to receive the Eucharist. Do you know what the Lord feels? This situation with her child, when she got this inspiration, it transformed this moment, this most ordinary moment in the life of a mother. In that moment, as she was feeding her child, she began to use that to pray for grace 
for all those that have not come to love the Eucharist and receive the food of God. Wow! We were amazed in our community. It was such a testimony to me. Do you see how this mother, in the most ordinary task of feeding a child, that most ordinary task was transformed into a moment of immense grace for the church. That's amazing. That's the power of suffering everything with the Lord. Our faith is perfected in suffering and trials. Perfect faith is complete abandonment to the Father's will in all things through our union in Christ. Therefore, the shedding of layers of attachments to our will, which is self-love, takes place as we begin to trust in Christ's love for us. This is why suffering all our sorrows with Christ is so beneficial for our soul. Because in this process, we touch the open wounds of Christ's love for us. This perfects us so quickly in abandonment and trust until we come to experience all the good and what we perceive as bad as a gift of God's love for us. The gift of knowing with our mind, our heart, our soul, that the love of God only desires to make us the new creation. I'm sorry. We were created to be from the beginning of time. A creation in the image and likeness of God as holy sons and daughters of the Most High. Do you believe my dear sisters, fathers, and brothers, that through what you are suffering and the trials you're undergoing, the Lord is truly making a new creation in your movement, in your orders, in Regnum Christi. He is. The purification you're going through is so important. I'm here to encourage you to persevere and to live it well. Allow him through these times of trials and purification to perfect you in love so that the consecrated women of Regnum Christi, the legionaries of Christ, can truly become what God intended you to be from the moment he conceived you in his heart and in the heart of our Blessed Mother. What is the difference then between offering up and suffering with? In that we have heard a lot, offer it up, right? But there's a huge difference. In our community, we never use the words offer up anymore. It's always suffer with. Um, I learned this when my youngest sister a few years ago was diagnosed at a very young age with breast cancer. 
I suffered with my other sisters immensely with her. My heart was broken. She got a special grace of God that she was living in such peace. But I was devastated. And I learned through that experience the difference between offering up and suffering with. That entire time with my sister, I, along with my other sisters, suffered with her. I was in this horrible pain. Did I say, oh, my Lord, I offer you this? No. Offering up to me sounds like what we do not know what to do anymore with our pain and suffering. And so we say, oh, here, take it. I offer it up. We kind of like throw it up there. <laughs> suffering with is intimacy. Why did I suffer with my little sister Anna? Because I love her. She's my sister. So I was with her, suffering with her. What did suffering with my sister do to our entire family? It united us. Because when we suffer with we are united in love. Suffering with is intimacy in love. Jesus Christ suffers everything with us. Our Lord is suffering with each of you. But I will tell you something. There are very, very, very few souls that suffer with him. Many that offer up. But the intimacy, the love of suffering with Jesus few. If we truly believe and want to be consolers of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, we must suffer with them because that's consolation. When we were suffering with my sister, she was consoled. There is nothing greater than when we are in suffering and we feel our Lord suffering with them. And we have brothers and sisters that love us so much that are suffering with us. Don't you feel consoled? I have children. Whenever they suffer, I'm there with them. They're consoled. Because I, I can't take away the pain. I've had children in the hospital. I've had children go for stitches. You know, the whole thing. I can't take away that moment of the needle going in. But I'm there with them. I'm suffering with them because I love them. That's what the Lord wants. The Lord teaches us, why do I desire and need for you to suffer with me? It is through my suffering that you come to know love. Love is purified in suffering, but my suffering is pure love, therefore, when you suffer with me, 
your love is purified in me. This suffering with me and loving with me brings new life, a new creation. Allow all suffering to draw you into my suffering and sorrows. And in this way you will come to know love. My sacred heart is pure love. You were created for love. But how few come to know love and enter the joy of living in love. Satan and the principalities of darkness have been conquered by my crucified love. The triumph of my cross, which is the triumph of love, will come to fullness through my martyrs of love. This is our mission, to raise up many martyrs of love for the decisive battle at hand. I was just speaking, I spoke to the priest in Termini a lot about this, because to them I spoke about the army of holy priest. I say that the Lord is doing something immense. It's amazing, but he's given us in love crucified this vision and understanding that only can come about through the Holy Spirit of who you are. We have been brought here to you because we know who you are. We know. It's like in my heart, I see you as the way the Lord sees you and how much he needs you. It seems that I have the vision and you've lost it. So he's brought us, love crucified, these little mustard seed of his, to bring it to you, to fill you with hope, perseverance. What you are going through is not just for you, the purification, my friends. The entire church is going to go through a great purification. It, I, I, I spoke to this a lot in detail to the priest. I don't have the papers with him, but maybe I'll bring them tomorrow because there's important things so you understand. You must understand the message of Fatima. Pope Benedict in 1969 gave a prophecy for the church. I'll read it to you tomorrow. When I read that prophecy, I saw you. I said, this is incredible. This is what they're going through. I believe with all my heart that the Lord has blessed you. You must be on your knees thanking him for what's going on here. He's bringing you to the light. He's purifying you to be all you were created to be from the beginning for the church. When the entire church goes through the time of great darkness that we're going to go through, the Pope prophesies what's going to happen to the church. There must be a remnant that's prepared. The Lord desperately needs his apostles of light, his priests, transformed priests, 
to bring forth the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. How? How is this transformation of the priesthood going to take place? You know how? The means of God. It is not going to be another program or apostle. It's impossible. It's going to be through the hidden force of spiritual motherhood. That is why in 2007, from the congregation of the clergy, came an amazing document for the church on spiritual motherhood. How many of you have read it? You must read it. It was given to every bishop throughout the whole world. You know what most of them did? They put it in a cabinet, I think forgot about it. But when the spirit wants something, it happens. This document has been spreading throughout the world, mainly from woman to woman to woman. And all over the world, there are communities, religious communities that are becoming part, their identity as, as spiritual motherhood. It is spreading like wildfire through the entire church. This is the work of God. This is who we are in Love Crucified. I've been saying it in Miami to the Regnum Christi women there. It's like I know it. I say it to every legionary of Christ priest that I see. Father Jason knows me well. The legionaries of Christ need desperately you, the women, consecrated and lay women of Regnum Christi. Desperately. The Lord is purifying the legion to be the priest he wants them to be. They must become humble. They must become pure so that they can be the army that's going to fight because the army of priests, who they're going to fight directly is Satan himself in the principalities of darkness that's consuming the world. If they are not clothed in the armor that they need to have, they are going to die. You know, they're not going to make it. They're not going to be able to defend the church. Who's going to raise them up? You. You must understand this. You are desperately needed by the Lord to raise up your priest. I can't tell you. In our little community, he raised up the mothers of the cross first. And he has told us over and over and over for years, you are the hidden force. Everything's going to come about through you. The hidden force has always existed. Jesus sends out his apostles, the few, to evangelize the whole world. The hidden force of spiritual motherhood was sustaining them. Mary and the other holy women. That's who the hidden force was for the apostles. That's who we have to become for our priests, for our men. And Maria is going to speak more about spiritual motherhood, what it takes to be a spiritual mother. Because my sisters, you will, cannot become a spiritual mother if you do not come to the cross with our Blessed Mother. Our Lady's maternity expands and is given to the world at the cross. If you, consecrated women, do not come to the cross with Mary and allow the Holy Spirit to transform you and purify your feminine hearts 
and heal them. You cannot become the spiritual mothers the Lord wants you to become. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, Edith Stein, said, She ponders the reasons for St. John of the Cross's desire for suffering and concludes that he was not merely motivated by a desire to remember or resemble the suffering Christ, but by the desire to suffer with Christ for the sake of the world, thus participating actively in its redemption. Do you want to be totally united to the crucified? If you are serious about this, you will be present by the power of the cross at every front, at every place of sorrow, bringing to those who suffer comfort, healing, and salvation. When we become one with the crucified, what St. Therese of Lisieux lived, St. Benedict of the Cross, happens to us. Our lives, our prayer, everything is transformed and moves beyond time and space. The Lord taught me this years ago in the most simple way because he had to teach me that the most ordinary and tedious task of my vocation as mother has power if lived united to him because Satan has done much to destroy the vocation of motherhood, making us feel that changing diapers and washing dishes and cleaning toilets and dirty noses and dirty, you know, everything <laughs> is useless. And the Lord had to teach me something else. And I'll just give you one example, that a, a moment in my life that began to transform who I am as wife and mother. And, and you'll see how simple it is. But this is the ways of God. At the point, I was still homeschooling all my children. So I get up first, and then they kind of walk in one by one from the hallway. And this particular day, my son Alex came into the kitchen. And I just didn't kiss him. Something just moved me, the Holy Spirit. I got on my knees and I hugged him. It was an instant, a moment, a second of this divine grace. It's as if for a second time stopped for me. And in the most ordinary hug of my little boy, I knew in my heart without a doubt, I can't explain it, it just happened, that that hug trans trans went from time and space and somehow the Lord allowed me to know touched desperately a child, I don't know if it was one or more in the world, that desperately needed the hug of a mother. At that moment, the entire life of St. Therese of Lucieux in a cloistered convent came to life for me personally. And I understood how I could live in my home as my domestic monastery transforming the world. This is the power of the cross. 
This is the power of love. That is why it is only through love that Satan can be conquered. The army of holy priests must become love. You all, each of us, must become one with love. We must be transformed. Love is the power. So I will end by telling you a little bit about tears. It tells us, because I'm sure you've cried a lot, (laughs) and how powerful tears are. We must learn to use our tears well. Tears have great power before the throne of God. Know that. But it's not only women that are supposed to cry. The tears for men are very important too. Jesus Christ cried. In Hebrews, this is only one example in the Bible, there's many. Hebrews 5, 7. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard for his godly fear. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save from death and he was heard for his godly fear. Pope Francis, the words Pope Francis recently gave us are so beautiful. Listen to what our Pope recently said to the church. Sometimes in our life, tears are the glasses to see Jesus. And then he says, have we had the goodness of tears that prepare our eyes to look at, to see the Lord. He said more, but I'll just leave it at that. Satan has robbed us of our true identities as men and women created in the image and likeness of God. God became man to restore all humanity. He is the new man, free from the shackles of sin, free to love with divine human love. Jesus cries. He feels. He loves intimately. He touches and allows himself to be touched. He is passionate. He is courageous in his zeal to do the Father's will. He speaks the truth always. He is consuming tenderness. He is mercy. He is love. As we collect his tears, suffering with him, the Holy Spirit restores our true identity. We share in his transformed humanity. To collect the tears of God-man and cry with him is the most pure union of hearts. I have learned as a victim of love 
especially for my Lord's beloved sons, his priest, that the greatest thing I can do is not sit here and speak to you. The greatest work that I do is that I receive in my heart. The disorder, the sin, the wounds of my fathers. And I cry. with my Lord and my prayer is Jesus receive my tears as one with Mary's excuse me in your precious blood and through the purity of her hands bring it to the Abba Father Thank you. So that my fathers, your sons, can become the priest you created them to be. That is the most powerful work that I do. And I'm being totally vulnerable to share it with you. This is how the Lord has formed me and all the mothers of the cross. Part of our restoration as men and women is the ability to cry again. The gift of tears is a gift of the Holy Spirit. This gift is experienced by many in places of apparitions and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the movement of a heart that is thawing from a frigid winter. Mary is the queen of sorrows, the mother of tears, because first she is full of grace. That means that her heart is full of love and has the same sentiment of Christ. She is fully woman, as God created woman to be, not ruined by sin. She is of one heart with the sacred heart of Jesus. We can only enter the fusion of hearts through the union of sorrows with our Lord. And I will tell you this. Excuse me. Our society has taught us not to feel the pain. So we do many things to numb ourselves. TV, I know not for you, but for us in the world, TV, alcohol, drugs, for many, excessive exercise, working too much, a biggie for the men, Workaholics. Keep busy. If you keep really busy, you don't have to feel what's really going on inside. You can live very distracted. 
I am here to tell you what the Lord taught us. We must do the opposite. In order to be healed, we must feel the pain within us. We cannot cover it up. We must enter it, feel it, suffer it, so that we can enter and suffer with Jesus. We can never suffer with Jesus if we don't feel anything because we're numbed. Part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to awaken us, to heal our hearts, to feel again. A hardened heart is so hard that it stopped feeling. Hardened hearts do not cry. Jesus cried because he is pure love, because his heart is pure. So it is all compassion. And the last thing for the priests that are here. When you apply this to the confessional, it's powerful. It dawned on me as the Lord was teaching us. I said to Father Jordy, Father, I have a, a renewed love for, for the sacrament of penance, for the confessional, for the priest. And Father told me, yes, but in the seminary, we were taught to be very, you know, separated and distant. And I thought, that's not Jesus. I know my Lord. When Jesus approached everybody, what did Jesus do? He receives our suffering and suffers it. That's his wounds. The wounds of Jesus is our brokenness. What the Lord has taught us to do in order to love is to receive the wounds of our brothers and sisters and suffer with him for you, for them, for everyone. That's love. Imagine the priest in the confessional. What Padre Pio lived physically, the Lord gave him the physical stigmatas. Every priest is called to live mystically. How does a priest receive the wounds of Jesus? So he becomes love by receiving the brokenness, the wounds and sins of every single son and daughter that enters the confessional. By allowing their brokenness to profoundly enter their hearts so that they can suffer with that son and daughter. They can feel with that son and daughter. They can cry with that son and daughter. The more our priests do this in the confessional, the more they will receive the wounds of Jesus and radiate love. That is what has the power to heal. Heal.